from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Michelangelo for IG Boston. From our creative community, directly to you. A conversation about creativity in the age of social media. This is the direct message. For those of us living in the urban environment, it's easy to take something as routine as the work commute for granted. Not so with Brian McWilliams, better known on Instagram as BrianMCW. If you're a New England resident on Instagram, and even if you're not, you've likely seen a photo from Brian's walk from his home in Boston's Back Bay to his work office in Beacon Hill. Inspired by the beauty of these classic neighborhoods, Brian discovered photography was a way he could share what a day in Boston was like. Currently at 140,000 followers, Brian's Instagram page has been one of the most popular New England-based Instagram accounts for the past five years. Brian has also been an active and supportive member of the New England-based Instagram community, primarily as the founder of the IG Boston organization. For this episode of The Direct Message, Brian took a detour from his daily commutes to share his thoughts on his photography, social media, Instagram, and his original motivation for founding IG Boston. So let's get to it. So, Brian, so why don't you tell us about yourself? By day, I guess I'm a, an investigator for the state of Massachusetts, but my background is journalism and writing. You know, I wrote a book at one point, and I used to work for a number of publications covering topics like business and technology. And so I bring that background into my, into my photography. I think I sort of look at photography a little bit like a, it's a journalistic thing for me. Okay, interesting. So how did that end up shaping like how you create your photography work? I think it shapes it because I want to be truthful when I take photos okay. as much as I can. I'm all about capturing something that happened and, and sharing it with people and trying to show them what I saw. And I, I, I want to not rely on the technology that may be available to make that better mm. than it was <laughs> yeah. you know, when I saw it. From what I remember, you, your editing is pretty much like gluten-free, right? Like It's like you don't <laughs> do a lot of, uh, you don't use a lot of programs, a lot of editing techniques is pretty much as you see it happen. I yeah, I mean, it's not straight out of the camera. Obviously. Yeah, 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 of course. Of yeah. course. No, I, I do keep it pretty light. And I don't use Photoshop, for mm. example. I don't. I don't even use Lightroom. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm still in the Insta part of Instagram, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so two thirds, maybe, of my photos are posted not just the day I took them, but like an hour or so okay. after I took them. Wow. I, I do most of my shooting when I'm walking to or from work. Mm. You know, I usually post right after I, I take one of those photos. Okay. Sometimes, you know, I get a lot of good photos, and yeah. so I, I'm not sure which one to post, and so I don't <laughs> post it till the next day because I'm trying to decide, but yeah. but generally it's it's pretty instantaneous. So, you know, using something like a, like Lightroom, you know, uploading to a PC and editing yeah. it there just isn't workable for me, so yeah. I, I, I still 
you know, honestly do my, I do my editing on my phone. Mm. You know, when I got started on Instagram, I did use my phone for like the first year and a half or two years. At a certain point, I decided, um, let me just mess around with a quote unquote real camera. So yeah. I got myself a little Sony A6000, okay. which is super entry level yeah. camera, but, <laughs> but it, you know, very powerful yeah. compared to a phone. Yeah. And, and so I pretty much exclusively use that. Now, sometimes I'll use the phone if I'm somewhere and I don't have the camera and I yeah. see something and I really want to take the photo, but okay. generally it's all camera now. And then you basically transfer it from the camera into the phone. Yeah, it's a Wi-Fi enabled camera, okay. so I can just, in a matter of seconds. So is that a conscious decision to make sure you post like an hour after? Do you make that as part of your theme or is it just something you didn't really think about? It, it's part of my aesthetic. Okay. Yeah, I'd like that it's instantaneous. I think mm -hmm. what, what I strive for in my feed is to kind of capture what today was like, you mm -hmm. know, in Boston, yeah. or at least in the little part of Boston that I frequent. Yeah. And that's, you know, more important to me than producing the ultimate, most epic shot yeah. imaginable. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my, sh my shots don't tend to be epic. You know, they tend to be quiet, you know, little shots of a little everyday moment yeah. that I saw on the street, you know, my yeah. way to or from work. In my personal opinion, I think you're the best at what you do. Like back day, Beacon Hill, that's pretty much like mm -hmm. you all day. Like <laughs> you pretty much got that like oh, locked down. You. So what are you looking for out of Boston or what do you imagine the city being like when you go out and take these photos or in life in general? Well, like you said, I'm my little world, mm. you know, at least in terms of the Instagram world mm. is, you know, I live in Back Bay and I work on Beacon Hill. So mm. it's in between those two places that yeah. I that I travel. And that's where 99% of my shots are from or 90%. Mm. I do get out of town occasionally yeah, on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I do sometimes travel outside of, yeah. of the New England area. And, and obviously I'll post photos when I'm out and about. But those two parts of Boston are the oldest parts of Boston, except for maybe the North End. And they're just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really easy to take pretty photos, mm. you know, when you're walking through Back Bay or Beacon Hill. Yeah. This is why I got into it really yeah. was the fact that I moved into I moved into the city. I moved into Back Bay about mm. six years ago. Mm. I started doing this walk to work instead of taking commuter rail mm. and I just was so astounded by how beautiful it was that mm. I started taking my phone out and taking photos mm. and find out about Instagram. I said, well, why don't I just upload a photo you know, mm. on Instagram and started just doing that as a regular daily thing. Yeah. And now I've done that daily <laughs> for, yeah, for five and a half years. Yeah. I've taken a couple of breaks. I took yeah. like two weeks at the start of this yeah. year. But that's that's pretty interesting. Like even yeah. just that, like it, the fact that you've been able to be so consistent. Because since you've been through these areas, you pretty much know them intimately. What inspires you to take a shot when you're walking through Beacon Hill, Back Bay, knowing that you've been through this place thousands of times? Mm -hmm. like, like how do you find like, oh, you know what, let me stop here and take a shot of that? Uh, I'm always looking for something new, you know, because mm -hmm. I've been at it for a while now. I. I don't want to bore myself because yeah. if I'm bored, you know, I know the people who follow me are going to be bored. Yeah. So what is new to you? What I have to do is try not to get into my own little habits, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, there's certain kinds of shots that come really easily when you're you're basically, you know, a quote-unquote street photographer and yeah. you're walking down a sidewalk and you got beautiful architecture, <laughs> you know, on the left or right. Yeah. You know, there's certain sorts of compositions and things that you can fall into yeah. because that's what's available. Yeah. And I try not to get stuck in that as much as I can, but I do want to post a photo. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> you know, sometimes the conditions are not great. Yeah, the best I can do is to kind of be in my little rut. Yeah, yeah. What do you do to break yourself out of that rut or break yourself out of those habits? Well, if you're, you know, you know how it is some days you, 
you get up and you're just feeling creative. Yeah. You know? And I, I think everybody has those days. And I try to sort of cultivate that feeling when you're looking at things as though it were for the first time. Mm. You know, you're not bored with, you know, here I go down Marlboro Street. Yeah. You know, how many times? This is like the 6,000th time <laughs> I've walked down. Just being a good observer, mm. you know, not taking everything for granted. And sometimes that's hard to do if like other thoughts are in your head and you're worrying about something, you got a big meeting or something happened the day before that's bothering, you know, it's hard to to kind of let the creative thing take over. But, you know, I just turn the music up and (laughs) just try to observe. Okay. You know, you have to be careful because my walk does involve crossing intersections (laughs) and traffic and that kind of thing. It is a, a, you know, there could be some bodily harm in the profession. (laughs) It's definitely hazardous. You know, you spoke about your investigative aspect, your background a little bit. Does that play into it at all? Like when you're looking for something to shoot? Well, there was a period when I was really into the history mm-hmm. of Boston, and that was kind of driving a lot of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I had sort of created a hashtag called Boston History Minute. Yeah, I remember that. And I was, you know, looking for houses, for example, that had like some history behind them, and I'd, I'd do like a house portrait. That's yeah. one of the things I do <laughs> is I take a picture of a house, I call yeah. it a house portrait. And then I'd post a caption that would have a little bit of research into you know, who owned this house, who lived here, you know, is there a cool story behind past owners? Because some of these houses are, you know, from the yeah, early 1800s. Yeah, so. so that did involve, you know, some of my journalistic chops just to pull up some of that information and condense it down into something that was manageable in a caption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's interesting, like giving people more content out of the picture, because that's not something that is easy to interpret just from the picture alone. Like you would need some kind of context about this is the history of the house or the building. What was your thinking regarding creating that process? Well, it's funny, you know, Instagram, you can kind of go two ways. Generally, I write really short captions. Yeah. I mean, I think of my captions as just being sort of like the title. Yeah. Just the way a painter might give a title to a painting, you know, it's a very simple one word title or a few words. I try to just sum it up in a phrase. Yeah. But there are other people who really use their caption to tell a story yeah. or talk about how they feel that day or you just share a lot of information about themselves or if they, situation that they were in when they took the photo and I don't tend to err on that side you know? <laughs> I undershare probably yeah. on Instagram but you know, I kind of admire the people who do I think that's his own aesthetic too though like because I'm of, of the philosophy that a picture is a thousand words so sometimes it's about just let the picture tell the story yeah. like it's, it's up to you to interpret it as you want to but in other cases I can definitely see how someone can use it to basically just break down like the whole context of how they took the photo or where they were at or there was this one guy who used to just tell jokes like it would be like a, an awesome picture of like a sunset and he would just tell some stupid irrelevant yeah. irreverent joke it was just hilarious yeah. but you know, even that was part of his style. Like, this is just something that is a part of who I am or is a part of, of the creativity that I'm showing you. So, yeah, I think everybody's got their own aesthetic and, yeah. and you've got to figure out what yours is and yeah. what you want to do and what you want to project. It's got to feel like it's you. Yeah. You know, you don't want to force it or try to be funny if you're not. Yeah. I'm not, so I don't try <laughs> to force it. Or don't get yourself in a position where you're like pouring your soul out there when that yeah. really ultimately makes you uncomfortable. And yeah. you end up wanting to delete, you know, yeah. whatever it is you written with that said like do you consider yourself a photographer uh <laughs> i mean it's obviously not my day job mm-hmm, yeah. um, although i have had a couple of paying gigs mm-hmm. that were fun nice. and i i do enjoy that it's a little stressful but yeah. it's fun you know i know for sure i'm an instagrammer <laughs> you know um, and just because you're successful on instagram doesn't necessarily mean you're a great photographer yeah i mean that's yeah 
really obvious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and the opposite is true, too. Uh, exactly. There are people who are great photographers for whom Instagram as a vehicle just doesn't show their work well. Yeah, you know, if you're into yeah. horizontal shots, yeah, for yeah, example, yeah, if that's yeah, your thing, yeah, your 9x16 yeah, landscape, yeah, yeah. it doesn't d display well on Instagram. Yeah. Or if you're really somebody who's into something kind of edgy or artistic mm -hmm. or, you know, that challenges people visually, you're not going to do well, honestly, as somebody who's taking pictures of their coffee. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's just kind of depressing yeah. in some ways, but that's Instagram for you. So in terms of being a photographer, obviously I, I spend as much time per day probably shooting, editing, and thinking about photography as a quote-unquote professional yeah. photographer, you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I walk an hour in the morning, I'm shooting the whole time, I walk an hour home, that's another hour shooting, Yeah, all that time editing and so on. So photography is obviously a big part of my life, but I'm still, for some reason, uncomfortable calling myself a photographer. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> It's funny to think about that because that's analogous to someone like LeBron James saying, oh, I'm not a basketball player. You're probably like the most successful, if not one of most quote unquote successful people in the Boston area as far as with your Instagram page and the popularity it got and the appeal that it has. So is the game just that easy for you? Just like, I'm just going to take a picture and I just know people are going to feel it. Where do you think your appeal comes from? I think to some extent my success just, you know, if I've been successful, and, you know, I'm not sure how you measure that, but you know, on, on Instagram, obviously everything's quantifiable. So yeah. if you have a lot of followers, maybe you've been successful. I don't know. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of it comes, I think, just from having been there, you know, consistently. Yeah. If you have spent some time on Instagram, you do it day in and day out and you do a halfway decent job, you're going to grow your following yeah. just by exposure. So that, I think, is a big reason why I, I've been able to keep growing my account and why people follow me is because I, I'm just, I'm there. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like the daily paper, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be there for you. So, And then the little things along the way have helped me personally, and they, and they would help somebody else. Back in the day, Instagram had this thing, suggested users. Yeah, I remember that. I think they've given that up. But you know, there was this period where they would sort of pluck somebody out of the crowd and for, in my case, it was about 10 days, you'd be featured by Instagram and, and your followers would go up just massively. Over those 10 days, I think I had 8,000 followers when they suggested me and then they shut off the spigot when I had 50. <laughs> those 42,000 people started following me over the course of just 10 days and it yeah. was just furious. Mm. And then there have been a couple of other little things, like I, I once got interviewed by a television news magazine that it was surprised me how that translated into new followers that, oh, you know, it, it I, did. yeah I mean I, w I sort of would think well television is sort of old school you know yeah. it's, it's not the new media it's yeah. but people who see TV sometimes they pick up their <laughs> phone and then they type the Instagram name into their phone and so yeah that that helped me a bit too but again I think it's just really just showing up you know, yeah, it's 80% of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true that. So your daily routine, like, do you feel that gives you an advantage over, like, the Instagrammer that would take a picture and then spend a day or two going home, uh, going to Lightroom or Photoshop? I don't think so. I mean, I, there are obviously people who, who produce photos on Instagram, you know, very sporadically, but when mm. they do, they're just, mm. you know, jaw-dropping. Yeah. And they show levels of quality that, you know, I could only aspire to. <laughs> and they, you know, those there are people with really successful accounts, obviously. Who that, that's their model, that's yeah. their aesthetic. So, you know, you can do whatever it is you want to do. There are some people who post, you know, just like twice a day. They are constantly putting something into the pipeline. You know, whatever model you choose, you can make it work. Yeah. Uh, it just has to kind of match what it is 
your lifestyle is and, yeah. and also just like your stamina. It gets hard sometimes just to be on Instagram so much and to be thinking about, I'm going to upload this photo and then I'm going to answer comments yeah. and I'm going to plan my next photo. And it can wear on you, which is why, like I mentioned earlier, I've had a couple little breaks yeah. where I feel like I just, I just got to take a break creatively. I just have to just not post for a little while, but you don't want those breaks to go too long. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, um, but I do think you have a very good point about the, the need to take breaks or the the stamina or the effort required to kind of upload and post on Instagram. It's easy to underestimate how much effort is required to maintain an Instagram page to make sure you post stuff that represent yourself, that's true to yourself, and also be a member of the community, like respond to comments, and still create work that is representative of who you are. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm not really sure what the solution is, but I think taking breaks is something that's kind of important for everybody because it can draw on you, you know, and I've seen even popular accounts like people with 80, 90,000 followers all of a sudden just stop. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is, I think, is because that they push it so hard or they do so much where they get to a point where they just burn out entirely. Yeah, right. Or you have like a life change. Yeah. You know, something something happens to you that takes the focus away from yeah. this and, you know, it might be something bad happens to you. you yeah. know? And, and yeah. the idea of like social media just seems trivial all mm, of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. Or I could see in my case, you know, what if I moved out of Austin? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, what, what would I do? Would I still be into this the way I am with my routine, my little walking routine and so on? Would you? Would you still be into it? I think so, because I think one thing, you know, these past five years have done is kind of trained me to, to see the world as a photographer and to observe things and, and always be kind of looking to frame up a shot, you yeah. know, even when I don't have the camera up to my face. But, yeah, yeah. But it's true that being in Boston does make it a lot easier, not only because it's photogenic, but because there's kind of a community here, you know, a lot of people who are also on Instagram or yeah. doing photography. Yeah, like, I even talking to a lot of people, I mean, you couldn't imagine how many people would say, I lost motivation because I moved, I, I live somewhere else now, I'm not in Boston anymore, and that community aspect is not there anymore. Or even moving or, or getting a different job, and then yeah. your, your life schedule changes, or you're just your daily routine changes, so it kind of messes things yeah, up. Yeah, life definitely happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. As a segue to that, how do you think social media has affected our arts in general? Well, in terms of photography, yeah. one of the th things it's done, I think, that just to start off with a negative thing, is <laughs> it's, it kind of does push people toward conformity, I'm afraid. You know, it makes you want to put something out there that's going to get likes. Yeah. After doing this for a while, you know what people like. What ends up happening, I think, is that people end up tr doing the same things that they know are likable on Instagram, you know, by Instagram's demographic, yeah. which is, you know, a specific little subset of society that yeah. likes certain things like, you know, not to belabor it, but, you know, they like coffee. Yeah. <laughs> they like shots of coffee. Or they like going out to eat, you know, in nice restaurants that have a lot of character. So they like over-the-table shots of yeah. food. and. People, I think, sometimes get into those kind of ruts just because they know that's what their cohort is going to like. Yeah. Somebody made the analogy once that being popular on Instagram is sort of like being popular in high school. Yeah. You don't do that by being somebody who's unique or by being somebody who's creative or, or who's pushing boundaries. You, know, you do that by kind of fitting in. That's one of the things I don't particularly like about social media. So what is your thought regarding like how to avoid that in your own work? I think in some ways I'm my, my toughest critic. You know, I always hear my, this little voice in my head when I'm 
taking a shot or when I'm uploading a shot, I'm you know, like, are you serious? You know, <laughs> that again? Or, yeah. you know, I do a lot of self-editing that way, you know, yeah. of what I do and, and maybe too much so. I feel really bad, for example, if I go back to the same place where I took a shot a year ago and I take that same shot again. That makes me feel, it's like, I'm, that's not very artistic. <laughs> Instagram is not just about the likes, believe it or not. You know, it, For me, it really is a way of expressing myself visually. My background is more in the kind of verbal words and written words and that kind of thing. So to discover photography for me, this opened up this whole new world this, of you know, visual expression. To just fall into those kinds of little tricks on, on Instagram, to me, just is not satisfying. Mm, so you look at it as more of a journalistic aspect, making sure you capture a story that's unique, or is it more capture a story that people will understand regardless of how challenging it is for you? Like, where do you fall in that kind of spectrum? You know, I'm talking a good game here, but it's true that <laughs> there are shots I know when I'm out walking, and I see something, and I, I take a photo of it, and I think, that's a pretty cool shot, but that will just die yeah. if I post that. From time to time, I post shots that I know the minute I push send or whatever the button is, people are not going to share my love of this shot, but I'm going to do it anyway, yeah. just because it's good for the character. Yeah. Not getting so edgy that people just think, what, what are you doing? And yeah. you know, Or not playing games. Like Sometimes I, I mess around like I, yeah. with point of view or, or depth of field or yeah. something like that. And it's just kind of... Do you feel you hesitate a lot pushing that button? Do you feel like, I don't know if people are going to feel this, or I don't know if this is going to perform the way I think, or do you just like, whatever, you know? <laughs> you're going to like it, you're going to like it. Like, what are you thinking at that moment? I think like most people, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. <laughs> yeah. Because I've made a decision, obviously, up to that minute, that this yeah. shot is worth sharing with the yeah. world. Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, this, for some reason, captures for me something that, I, I want to remember and that I want other people to see. Yeah. But, you know, you have that self-doubt the minute you push yeah. the button. Usually I just tell myself, you just got to do it anyway. Yeah. And you liked it. You're in this for you, mostly. Yeah. I like to take photos and I like to share them, but yeah. I don't depend on 10,000 likes in order to feel like I'm doing the right thing here. Yeah. The other thing that comes to play in this is just, you know, the technology is not reliable, like, <laughs> at least lately. You know, Instagram yeah. is is crazy the way the algorithm works yeah, and the way yeah. some days i wonder did this even show up in people's news feeds yeah. you know i don't think you can be too hard on yourself when a photo quote unquote doesn't do well because yeah. it could just be just some glitch in the yeah. instagram software yeah. that day you know <laughs> things just didn't work yeah so. yeah yeah zuckerberg playing games or something yeah in comparison to something like uh, another program that doesn't have the um, feedback process that instagram has like how has that kind of helped your work you mean the fact that you post something and then seconds later <laughs> yeah you know, yeah yeah the, the gratification like how do you use that in your photography it's always very nice to get that instant feedback and to get comments and so on but people are reluctant to post you know really honest yeah. you know it's this is not a workshop you yeah. know it's not um, you know I like what you did there but the photos slightly tilted or <laughs> did you notice that that key figure in this thing is out of focus or yeah, you know, what's yeah. that blur on the foot you know <laughs> people don't write those kinds of things if they do you know they're, they're just like you know deleted <laughs> blocked right so do you feel it should be like would you welcome more of that i don't know because the, the whole ecosystem you know the way it's set up is to be supportive and yeah. comments are generally 
giving people a you know attaboy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So it, that's the the way the medium works. I mean, it'd be nice if there was room for actual constructive criticism, but it's something about the way we're conditioning because it's all up. It's become quantitative, and you want yeah, likes and yeah. so. No, I hear you. It's uh, it's definitely something for positive reinforcement because for one people who write those sometimes it's like you don't know where this person's coming from so you don't know if it's really helping you or they're just trying to hate on you so to speak so even the way comments are structured like even now like how we have the emojis and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like it's very simple to just put flames or (laughs) or a happy face you know or hearts you know and it's like you like the photo but what did you actually like about it like did you like the time of day did you like how i edited did you like the person in focus it's good to get that feedback but i don't know if it's just patronizing because Mm -hmm. what are you really liking plus you know how comments affect the algorithm too so you don't even know if it's really genuine or they're just doing that that is true kind of for their own kind of exposure so I would like a bit more of that, but there's not really a space for that, and there hasn't been a lot of effort in creating that space. Yeah, you know. It's I mean, you can always DM somebody and yeah, say, you know, I really like that, but yeah, but, yeah, but it's not kind of organically but, built. Yeah, but and that, and that feels more direct, more abrasive. So it is a bit of a problem, but yeah. So really, you know, in terms of the feedback, you know, to go back to your question, really, the thing, the only feedback you really get then is just the the likes. Yeah, you know. And so that's what we use then to decide if something was successful. And then we go back to try to posting things that will get likes. So you get into this weird, vicious circle. Mm. Do you feel that has an adverse effect on people's work or like gauging everything by this quantitative number? Because art isn't really supposed to be quantified at the end of the day. So do you feel like that's helping us as creators or you think that's hurting us? Yeah, I think it's it's encouraging us to keep being artistic, (laughs) which is the positive thing, you know. People are inspired to post on Instagram because of that feedback, and that's good, you know, because it makes them go out and shoot and express themselves visually. But, but yeah, the negative is that then they just become these monsters, you know. <laughs> we're, we're just driven by, you know, the desire to put something out there that people are going to like. Because our own work ends up eventually getting shaped by those numbers as well. Because then you say, oh, well, this photo got higher likes than my typical photo, so I'm just going to keep shooting this type of right. stuff. And the next thing you know, like, you're, all your work is just becoming derivative of these just few shots yeah. that were highest like yeah you, you become kind of a parody of yourself at yeah, a certain point yeah, yeah yeah so and you try to keep conscious of that as you do your work or i try to because you're like the beacon hill guy or the uh, yeah Bay guy in a sense so it's yeah it is hard because i'm i got limited stuff you yeah. know that i see every day you know i can't it's hard given that my aesthetic my feed is all about this walking commute you know mm. to and from work it's hard for me to to come up with ideas visually that don't somehow involve cobblestones or, <laughs> you know brownstones yeah. or you know that kind of thing because that's what's yeah. out there when i'm walking if i wanted to change the direction of my feet i could make a point of not just posting my daily walking route shots i could say well you know and i used to do this i still do it from time to time i'm just gonna go to the north end and shoot you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to the south end. I like the south end. I'm gonna go over there and just shoot there some Sunday or something. You know, that's a way to kind of get yourself out of a rut. Is to go go someplace new and try to do some things. But you're not going out of your way to take these shots most of the time. Yeah. Usually in transit. Yeah, so. I don't like. You know, people talk about let's go shoot. But I don't, I shoot every day. Yeah. I, I, and my shoot is like, it's part of my lifestyle. You know, I don't, yeah, and I can see how for some people that would be hard, you know, like to find the time to go shoot. 
It's like if you were playing an instrument to find the time to practice your instrument. You know, you've got to make the time. For me, it's it's just built into my day, so it's that makes it so much easier for me to just have that have the camera out and take pictures and, and get into that rhythm. Just the consistency and you know, I don't know that my photography has advanced in a huge way over the five years I've been doing this, but you know, I can see little things that I've picked up over time by practice. Just doing the same thing over and over again. Do you try to make time at certain points? Like let me do this or let me travel to a particular place specifically to take a photo? Somewhat. I mean, I've had some trips. I mean, now, like a lot of people in the Instagram age, like when you travel somewhere, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. the kind of the subtext is I'm going to be taking photos. Yeah. Here, you know? So, yeah, you know, I've had a couple trips to Europe or uh, South America or Canada and places where you know, obviously I bring my camera and while I'm there, I try to take some photos. What's funny, though, is like my aesthetic still is consistent, even if I'm in Colombia, where I go from time to time. I'm looking for people walking their dogs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm doing like the same old things yeah, I'm doing yeah, here. Yeah. So you. Well, I think that's interesting because you know you're still uh, adopting the techniques you learned here in different places because you're looking at it with a, a Boston yeah. eye. So the popularity of your feed or the the followers you have, like, does that affect your work in a sense? Like, far as like the amount of people, like, do you feel the weight of that at all? Well, one thing it does is it it kind of makes it less intimate mm. you know i remember when my account was smaller and you know, i remember back when i had just like 500 <laughs> and followers and it's like you know everybody who's yeah. your follower and you feel like you're you're just kind of interacting with them on a much more personal level when you post something mm. and as soon as you get to have a big account you lose that your audience becomes kind of faceless yeah and i remember when i first got suggested by instagram i started gaining all these followers I almost didn't like it. My first reaction was, you know, who are these people? Yeah. It, it felt just like walking into a room full of people that I, I didn't know yeah. instead of like the cozy yeah. kind of group yeah. that of people that I know. But that, that makes it feel just a little odd. Like yeah. they don't know you. They're not really that connected to you. They're not, yeah. they don't even necessarily really like your photography. Yeah. They're just following you out of curiosity yeah. or because somebody else they know follows you. And yeah. it, I think that adds to your kind of reluctance when you do push that button to post it. It's like, I don't really even know who my audience is sometimes. Yeah. People follow you for a reason, usually, yeah. because they look at your profile and they say, oh, I like this person's feed, you know, I like what they do, you know, I'm going to follow them. To some extent, that can be limiting for you because then if you break out of that, suddenly you post a black and white photo and all you do is color, usually, people will be like, what? That's not why I followed you. Yeah, yeah. You know, people followed you for a reason and, and, and you, you feel like you have to kind of deliver on, on that. I feel a little hemmed in by that. Like, I think everybody does is, you know, you're getting pigeonholed to yeah. some extent. But I don't underestimate my followers because mm. at this point, people are pretty sophisticated. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not the only one who's been on Instagram for a while. You yeah, know, a lot yeah. of people have been have been on Instagram well before I was. Yeah. And their people are getting really sophisticated as consumers of mm. images. You know, yeah. people really can distinguish between what's good and what's just derivative. Mm. So that's one of the things that makes it challenging is because people have seen Acorn Street shots, yeah. you know. They know that anybody can walk up to Acorn Street and take their phone or their camera out and take a picture. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to post a shot of Acorn Street, it better be something that adds to the to the greater good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you're not just doing it because you know that it'll do pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that's... Yeah. Or a snow shot of Vega Hill or something like that. Yeah. People have seen it. Pretty much it's hard to surprise people with stuff. But again, like people sometimes really do react to stuff that, that's like in your groove, you know, what you yeah. normally do, but but just a, it's slightly different, yeah. you know, and they, they, they welcome that. Because like some of the shots for me that do really well, the things that make me most 
happy is when I'm just I'm doing my thing, but I'm yeah. just getting slightly outside it, and people yeah. go, "Wow, that's cool," yeah. you know, because yeah. they, they like the novelty. You know, yeah. People respond to that, seeing something different, because we get yeah. tired of just scrolling through and mm-hmm. seeing the same old thing. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely hear you. The idea of okay i'm gonna try something a little different because i've seen so many different variations of this so i gotta try something just a little to the left or a little (laughs) to the right that's kind of what makes people say that's something i haven't seen i've seen that a thousand times but i haven't seen that it is a challenge because you have to really be conscious of all the thousands of photos i've seen of this and what haven't all those thousands of photos have done so right and that's why i tend to i tend to not go to the great iconic places for that reason because i don't i don't know that i can necessarily push the needle you yeah. know <laughs> you know there are people who that's their bread and butter is going yeah. to the iconic locations in boston or in the world and taking an, just an awesome shot of it and that's a funny thing about photography is you know you can go to some place that's gorgeous and if you catch good light or a sunset or something even if you're just kind of rudimentary in terms of your photographic skills you're going to get something that looks yeah. pretty good you can't just like hand a, a pad of paper and a pencil to somebody and send them to Acorn Street and tell yeah. them to draw something. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, photography like makes everybody an artist at yeah. a certain level. And, and that's one of the things that's kind of cool about it. But it's also, in a way, it makes it too easy. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's uh, you know, because a good camera is basically ubiquitous now. So everyone has the ability to take a really great shot. So. So I wanted to ask from that, what made you first decide to create IG Boston? I, I think at the time, you know, things were very different, at least in the Boston area, New England area. There, there weren't a lot of hubs at that time. Um, the, the big hubs were like tourism related, you know, mm-hmm. that had to do with the tourism industry in Boston. And there were one or two others. It seemed like a lot of the photography at the time that was being featured to me was kind of tourism oriented. Mm-hmm. Which is great, you know, celebrating how beautiful Boston is. Yeah, yeah, and and it's easy to get somebody to follow an account like that because they they want to see beautiful pictures of the Zagum. They want to see beautiful photos of the Back Bay skyline, that kind of thing. It's easy for someone who doesn't live in Boston to follow that. Yeah, so you'll attract people inside and outside of Boston pretty easily that way. But I felt like the city really needed was, or the region needed something. It would be more for people who are just into photography and they happen to live here. (laughs) We're not singing the praises of our local culture so much as we're developing as photographers. Mm -hmm. I wanted to like create a venue for people who are gonna take those artistic risks, you know, maybe post photos that are a little edgier or don't include the icons, you know, skylines and that kind of thing. So, and, and you say that even though, like, you say you wanted to create a hub for creative photographers, even though you didn't consider yourself a photographer <laughs> at the time. Did you think about that kind of dynamic uh, when you were creating it? Like, like I, I want to bring in people who I think are more of a photographer than I am. Yeah, or are out there, I mean, there's still people out there doing this who are taking these incredible photos that are not getting appreciated on the big hubs they're just too artistic (laughs) you know and you know i just felt like it'd be great to create a venue for them and even if it never got to be you know 500,000 followers you know at least it'd be a place where they could get their work featured so what was your thoughts regarding like the administration of it like the the team moderation and idea behind how that could work or why that was necessary I think I thought, you know, IG Boston uses this juried kind of idea where you have, you know, multiple moderators at a time, you know, every night looking at photos and 
and coming to a consensus amongst them, the four moderators. And I guess I, I like that model better than just having one person doing the picking. It, it sort of spreads out the responsibility. It spreads out the kind of ownership of the feed, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not just one person's thought of what constitutes a good photo. It's four people's thought. And I think also for the people who get selected then, it's more of a feeling of like, a jury of my peers yeah. thought this was a good shot, yeah. you know, and that might, even if, you know, IG Boston wasn't a huge hub, you would feel like these are people I respect. They thought this, my work was good, good enough to post on their feed. You know, that makes me feel good about what I'm doing. What was your thought regarding like the membership process or being a member? Why did you think that was something that was important to incorporate? Yeah, that's, I guess, the controversial part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, it started off, and still is, I think, it, it was meant to be something positive. It was meant to be supportive. It was meant to build a community, not tear one apart. Yeah, but how so? Like, how was it meant to be positive? Well, believe it or not, but for the first two weeks, mm-hmm. for example, IG Boston was private. Yeah. The account was private. <laughs> the idea was, and this goes back to what we were talking about before, about the kind of comments people yeah. leave on photos. Mm. The idea was create a forum where people feel free mm. to leave comments that are honest, mm. you know? Like how we give people feedback with the emails, yeah. uh, constructive criticism, right. but in a more public sense, like, right. I like this, but... That was my vision initially, mm. was let's create a forum where people can actually post something, interact with each other about it, get some positive feedback, get some constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. I thought, let's keep it private because that way people won't feel like they have to grandstand or showboat or anything yeah. like that. Just Or just feel exposed. Yeah, yeah, you can do, do your thing and take some risks and, and get some feedback and not have to feel like everybody's going to be watching while I make a fool of myself kind yeah. of thing. But you couldn't also want to promote the work of people yeah help them move forward as photographers if, if it's a closed yeah. loop kind of system so shortly thereafter we opened it up and made it a public thing mm, interesting so, uh, yeah. but, but the, I bring that up because that, that was part of this whole membership idea which yeah. was it's not a cabal it's not elitist or something it was just try to make it be a place where people kind of trust each other and are feel like they can share comments with each other that are honest and they can feel like they are peers you know like we're working the same town we're taking photos here how's it going kind of thing and obviously the hub has grown quite a bit now we're up to how many followers uh 56 thousand or 55 thousand right and how many members like 406 470 yeah so you know it's not like an intimate little group at this point so yeah. Or the intimacy is, is varied, <laughs> or it's a mo- more yeah. harder to maintain, I guess. It is. So what would you say to someone who would say, like, oh, like this is elitist, or what was your reaction when you first heard stuff like that, like, from the community? Because a lot of people think that, and that's been happening since mm-hmm. early on, so. Yeah. You know, I, I get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand how if you look at it a certain way, you could see that. You know, if you've aspired to be an IG Boston member, and for some reason you, you did your challenge photo, and mm-hmm. the mods didn't think you were quite there yet or, or your feed wasn't quite there yet in terms of having the requisite quantity and, mm-hmm. and quality of content and I could see how you feel rejected and like who are these people how do they get to judge me I got followers who like my stuff and yeah. you know that's 
you know, hell with them. <laughs> yeah, definitely heard that before. And people are entitled to that yeah. opinion, obviously. And you can enjoy Instagram and yeah. be a Boston <laughs> Instagrammer without being a member of IG Boston, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Again, it goes back to the idea of trying to create a community yeah. and trying to do something that made people feel like part of a community it required kind of some buy-in on their part like mm -hmm. you got to do something yeah. to show that you're committed to this project the other thing was it's so easy today to just put a hashtag on a photo mm -hmm. you know so you can put a hashtag on and then whatever hub corresponds to that maybe they'll feature your shot yeah that doesn't make you part of a community that's i guess one of the things i was reacting to that simply slapping a hashtag on a photo doesn't put you into a community of people yeah. And so maybe it was idealistic, but we were just thinking this is a way to, to try to build a more cohesive community. Mm -hmm. Did you imagine like it being this big? Because you wanted to keep it intimate, but felt that you had to kind of make it public to promote people's work. So did you imagine a scenario where it could get as big as it gotten? Well, it's gotten big in large part because you <laughs> took over, Mike, and have been doing a good job of running it. But uh, thanks. Yeah, I, I don't. I never really had any goals like in mind about the number of followers. I know that that it helps keep people motivated, you know, keeps members motivated if there's a good following and, you know, good size following and their work gets exposure. Because that's yeah. why a lot of people are members of IG Boston is yeah. to get the, ex the extra exposure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it's gotten big and, and I hope it keeps growing. But I, I know it's because of the kind of work that, that you guys select, it's not going to be a, a big banger kind of an account yeah, i mean the yeah. photo quality on that feed is stellar yeah but sometimes the work is a little more challenging it's not yeah. the stuff that people are used to if they're thinking about coming to boston as tourists yeah. you know they're not going to see the landmarks mm -hmm. consistently anyway yeah, in the yeah, photos on the feed but hopefully it's still serving the members in the sense of giving them an outlet to do creative work and get it posted and you know get it published how do you think it serves the community in general you mean the people who are the following the, the following. followers yeah i think they i think they liked it i think they saw it as being a little different you know mm -hmm. and so it was complimentary and i think that's still its role it's uh, you know i wouldn't say that it would be the only yeah. boston hub you want to follow yeah yeah it, but it, it it shouldn't really yeah but it's doing something different you know it's filling a niche an important niche so I think, you know, if you live here and you want to see photos of Boston, you know, it's a must follow. <laughs> and, you know, and if you don't live here and you want to see great photography from the Boston area, New England area, again, it's a must follow. <laughs> the feedback aspect. How do you feel like that has helped the members or, or that has been applied in the way IG Boston has moderated itself? Well, I think, you know, besides just the feed, IG Boston has done a number of things that, that are pretty new. The, the idea of doing a gallery, for example. Yeah. Some of the workshops over the years that we've done were really good for members to, to learn about photography and learn about Instagram and, yeah. and those kinds of things. So I, I think as a service organization, you know, yeah. broadly speaking, it's, it's provided a lot mm. to members. I kind of look at IG Boston as like a, a news organization. The members would be like the beat reporters, right? Mm -hmm. So they would kind of go out and, and go to these areas that we can all see and get the photos. And when we review them, we would be like the editors at that point, figuring out the lead story, quote unquote, and then post it. So that's how I kind of moderate. One of the things I'm most proud about about the feed is that we've been really uh, stringent about the latergram thing as far as like mm -hmm. posting the shot from that day. When you look at the feed, it's basically like a five-year visual novel of how mm -hmm. 
Boston has changed. You can say, oh, what happened in Boston, like July 5th, 2015. You can scroll down the feed and say, oh, that's what Boston mm -hmm. felt like during that day. Capture the story of Boston one day at a time from people that live here who know the city intimately because they people that live here, people that know the back streets, the side areas. And, and from that, they can gain a sense of knowledge about the city that just the tourists wouldn't have. Hmm. And I think that that's something that's unique for our feed just because part of being a member is someone being familiar with Boston and living here and, and knowing the area. Just so people know that the people that we're showing or promoting are people that know the city, that are familiar with the area, right. that maybe can teach you something about the area, right. or you follow them and they can show you a part of New England that you wouldn't have been aware of otherwise. So. Right. You know, it's a couple of things you've introduced, like the IG Boston hoods, the yeah. kind of cool sophistication and getting to see neighborhoods, mm -hmm. you know, that you don't normally see, like yeah. seeing shots from Mission Hill yeah. or or Dorchester, or places yeah. like that, where there's some great shots yeah. there to be taken, yeah. you know? And people are, are getting them and they're getting featured. And, yeah. and those, I mean, those are great initiatives. And it, again, it, like you said, it comes from just people who have, who know this city, you yeah. know? Broadly speaking, yeah. greater Boston, they yeah. know it. Yeah. And they're not just bumping around from yeah. one tourist spot to the other on yeah. the Freedom Trail. <laughs> yeah. The way you've kind of managed it, like when I started, like you were kind of going for a more journalistic approach, and I think, We've kind of subtly adapted that, maybe subconsciously, but I think that has also helped uh, inform what we do, making it something about that particular day or that particular moment so people know, like, this is what the city feels like at that particular mm -hmm. time. And that's the story of present-day Boston. This is happening now. Um, so this is kind of what we're experiencing as a community at that particular moment. So, All right. You know. Oh, that, that fits... <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. So. Well, that's I great. mean, well, it's, it's, you, you're the one that set the example in motion. So I think, uh, but even like the travelers thing, right? Like that's more of a um, people who live here that are traveling other places. Mm -hmm. So it's like wherever you live, when you move to some place, it's not like you forget everything you did at another city or another area. Like, that's still kind of a part of you. Like if I'm moving to New York, I'm not going to be like a Yankees fan, you know, like <laughs> it's still going to be. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a way for people who lived in Boston to show us how their experience as a photographer here has changed the way they view things around the world because the way a Bostonian takes a photo is going to be different from the way someone from Argentina or LA or, or New York or Chicago or Toronto takes a photo like it's going to be yeah. it's, it's going to feel different. No, that's a good point Mike like, I mean one of the things that comes from being part of a community is you learn from yeah. other people in the community yeah. not just in conversations with yeah, them or in yeah. workshops or something formally but just by seeing their work yeah and and that rubs off mm -hmm. you know seeing what other people do and how they edit photos or how they approach visually like a situation and mm -hmm. what they emphasize and that kind of thing i think we all kind of pick up a little bits of those things from each other yeah i kind of look at them as like my neighbors in a sense like <laughs> the ig boston members even just the community in general like these are people that a lot of them started when I started, like we've kind of, in a sense, grown up with each other. Classmates, like we've learned from each other. We've all still are kind of growing with each other and like learning this craft alongside each other. So back when I was saying earlier regarding how people can fall out of photography or fall out of the creative process, just moving somewhere else and losing that community because they don't have that connection. So we feel it's important to maintain that community aspect so people have that to help them in the creative work. What we wanted to provide our members is that kind of 
platform to say, hey, you know, this is a group of your peers. We all love each other's work. We're all from Boston. It's all love to see everyone come up. So it's in our best interest to make sure we help promote each other because that just helps everyone's work improve as a collective. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you That's feel a great, the same. great attitude, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, the my life, it is hard because people just don't understand the struggle of like, 200 emails in your inbox and you're sacrificing your time and your energy and your effort yeah. away from your own feed, your own work to try to support the community. Mm. Then giving feedback to people and it's taken the wrong way because they don't know you're trying to be supportive yeah. or people just unfollowing for you have a chance to respond because you're just so busy with the backlog mm. or even the daily moderation of the feed, like right. trying to be equitable and impartial and show love to everybody and then you're still accused of favoritism or even just asking the other moms to do stuff, knowing that they're busy with their own daily lives. I mean, mm -hmm. does it, can anyone understand like the effort required to maintain this community? So it's like, why am I even doing this to myself, Brian? It's like, I don't know. I appreciate the work you put into it, Mike, because yeah. you know I I was there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that necessarily everybody else yeah. can understand yeah. like the dedication that you put in. You know, the yeah. work you put into this time you put into it. And the other mods as well, yeah, you, know, yeah. you guys as a team, you know, doing this. So, yeah, I kudos. mean, yeah, thanks. It, it, well, it's, it's just more about like, I look at it as like social service, like, or, you know, like being elected office, you know what I mean? Like doing a service for the community because it's something that, like you said, like people want a platform. If they don't have it, then who knows how that affects their work, how that affects Boston as a whole. If you don't have creative people speaking out and, and just kind of doing things with their work, I mean. A lot of our members have done like great stuff, like travel around the world and done stuff for major companies or whatnot. Like people have gotten jobs off of this. Like it's something that's, I think, a social good. At the very least, they have a place they can get honest feedback from a jury of their peers about their work. And, and I think that still kind of holds true to the original vision for us, getting actual feedback in order to help you. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think the most significant change has been from when you started Instagram to now, since you've been on it for like five years, like you've, you've seen things? Where do you think kind of things going from what you've seen so far? Well, on Instagram specifically, there have been some changes, obviously, yeah. in recent years that I don't think are 100% positive for people who are serious photographers. Mm -hmm. The introduction of stories, for example, mm -hmm. it's nice for me personally. I like it because it gives me a way of just sort of giving behind the scenes yeah. outtakes and stuff. Outtakes, being a little more casual mm -hmm. with the yeah. photographs, you know, with what you do and not taking yourself so seriously. But I think I haven't seen any actual statistics on this, but I think people are spending less time on their feed and more time on their stories. Mm. And especially the way they designed the app with these little circles yeah, up top and they yeah. flash at you. And, <laughs> you know, you're, you're attracted to, to go yeah. up and watch stories in a way. I think people bail on their feed. I think they look at the photos in their feed and then they get distracted and go look at stories. And, <laughs> and that's all right, you know, because some people take their stories are really their best thing. And maybe I got to get with a program or something, but... <laughs> But I guess I'm just using that as an example of how the, the app itself has evolved over time. They've added mm -hmm. new features, this IGTV, for example. Yeah, yeah. Doing things that get away from the feed, which is where a serious photographer is going to put all their effort. You have to rethink what it means to be a photographer on Instagram, but things are evolving. And then, you know, the other thing that's really changed over the past couple of years is this algorithm. Yeah, yeah. I know that Instagram is trying to create a 
product that's give people, the Instagram users, what they want. If you interact with a particular photographer, you like their stuff, we're going to put that at the top of the feed every yeah. day when you open up the app. But I just feel like it's made a mess <laughs> of things. You know, not being a chronological feed. Yeah. For somebody who's like a hardcore user like myself, yeah. I don't need them to, to reorder the <laughs> yeah. photos. I, you know, I'll get to them. Yeah. Don't worry. You know, I follow a fair number of people, but I'll, I'm willing to invest yeah, the time. Yeah. You don't have to do it for me. Yeah. And what I feel like it is now is it's just a mess for me. Like it's a jumble yeah. of new photos, old yeah. photos, photos I've already liked, commented on. Mm -hmm. It just, I, it doesn't help my user experience. I think they probably think it helps the broad user experience and however many gazillion people they have, you know, use the app now, maybe it does. But but if you're hardcore like I am, I, I just think that algorithm has, has messed things up. I think it's driven more by like, the celebrities or just those kind of people like hmm. the people who are um, the influencers or whatnot because it seems tailored towards people who are trying to get people to look at a particular type of product or a particular kind of thing I think hmm. you know just the top post or the explore page like that would right. just be people who are just super popular already like although I think that's changing I think actually they've changed that a bit though. Yeah, yeah I think getting on the explore page now is the secret sauce yeah. I don't know what it is but I think it's a little more egalitarian than it okay. may have been in the past because mm -hmm. e even for somebody with a big account, that yeah. if your photo gets on the Explorer page, obviously the number of likes, the number yeah. of exposures you'll get yeah. goes up dramatically. I don't think it necessarily helps to have a big account. I think you get on the Explorer page now, if a photo you've posted is being accepted by your followers yeah. positively in a way that's atypical, yeah. it's better than usual. It doesn't matter if you're big or small or whatever. Yeah. It's still everybody's goal to go viral. You know, yeah. they want to get on the Explore page. Yeah. But again, it's like that's another thing that's like in people's use habits has changed. Yeah. I think more people spend more time on the Explore page now really? than they did in the past. I mean, I remember when there wasn't even really an Explore yeah, page. Yeah, I don't yeah. think people really used it in the first couple of years I was on there. And now I feel like people go through their feed and if they get bored, they just go over to the Explore yeah. page. Interesting. So they don't see people that they're technically following. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're into the whatever is being served up to them. Do you use the stories? Like, do you like feel like you're spending more time like yourself on the stories? Watching stories? Yeah. At first I was, I was on principle not going to use it, <laughs> you know, because I felt like this is just a distraction. Yeah. And plus just the way they implemented it just yeah. seems kind of childish. <laughs> it just, again, those little circles. Yeah. It just, to me, was cluttering up the app. Yeah. I f do find myself looking at stories of, especially if they're people who are doing kind of cool things with the stories. Like okay. some people post, if you're hardcore into photography, you know, it's it's cool to see like when people show like their editing process. Yeah. I, you know, that's always fun to watch. Yeah. When people like show like what gear they use mm -hmm. or, you know, sort of the behind the scenes okay. stuff. You know, I'm not totally into like, you know, here I am at a party. You know, <laughs> let me just like pan the room and put it up on a story. Yeah. Kind of, you know, those aren't quite as much fun. Yeah. Although, you know, it, it is nice to like get a slice of life. Yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah, who show, yeah. you know, here's here's my daily life. I'm not, yeah. you know, I wouldn't post this to my feed, but here's like something yeah. that at least is good enough for 24 hours. Yeah, you know, yeah, take yeah, a look. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Easy enough to click past yeah, it or whatever. Yeah. And what about the highlights? I see you have a bit of those. Like, do you like using them? I've done a couple of them. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know why. I, 
did some as highlights and some not. I, I think it's usually like if I take a trip somewhere, okay. I, you know, I may not post them to my feed. Since I really only post maximally once per day, I, you know, if I go someplace and take a lot of good photos, yeah. they're never going to get posted. Yeah. So I'll just stick them in a story. Okay. I mean, that's one of the things about stories that I like is okay. that you can have that like sort of second category of yeah. content, which is these are not my greatest hits but you know they're they're things that i want to share nonetheless and so so what part of the creative process have you struggled with the most i think you spoke a little bit about that earlier but is there anything in particular that you felt has been difficult for you as a photographer on instagram that that issue trying to keep it fresh how you look at a photo and what you think is worth posting and then just in terms of like editing style or those kinds of things i mean that's always been a challenge for me i'm somewhat challenged technologically because I'm not using like the best tools you know for my photos and I feel at times you know I I should go out and get an even better camera Uh, I should get some better lenses not be so obsessed with posting you know instantaneously and just go ahead and subscribe get me an Adobe subscription and you know start doing this professionally you know so if Mark Zuckerberg was like, you know what, it's a wrap with Instagram, he just pushes the button at Facebook headquarters and deletes it. Like, what happens to <laughs> Brian MCW in your photography at that point? Wow, life loses all meaning. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. And that's something, you know, you got to kind of ask yourself, yeah. like, every day when you start taking it too seriously. Yeah. Like, is this the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is check yeah. my feed? And yeah. is it the last thing I do before I go to bed? And is that healthy? <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, yeah, well, could you live without it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always thought of my life as like being in chapters. Yeah, you know? oh, really? I mean, I've been around long enough to feel like, you know, I don't do something forever. I, okay. I, I do things for like blocks of time and mm. then I move on. And if Instagram went away, then it would just be a new chapter. I'm sure I'd really? find something else to do it would satisfy me creatively and, and otherwise. So. so you're in the Instagram chapter right now? Yeah. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, interesting. Okay. That's yeah, I mean, cool. it's true. I mean, Instagram, for me... It's a chapter of your book. It is. Okay. And, it, and it's one that, you know, kind of, if you become as obsessed as I will confess to be, <laughs> you know, if it's something you do every day, yeah. then it does keep you from doing other things. Yeah. Like, you know, I there were other, like, hobbies, for example, I had that I used to spend more time doing, and I they're getting crowded out, you know, mm-hmm. by photography. And if you try to blend them together that doesn't work like you know I'm, I'm into running you know okay. for example and the last time i ran the boston marathon i took photos while i was running and I, I did a, yeah i think this, i remember one or two yeah. like at the, at the start line right i did this yeah. thing for boston.com where i did a slideshow for them yeah. of, of the marathon and that didn't work out well. <laughs> i mean the photos were i thought turned out okay but just for me like it, i was trying to do two things at once I was, yeah, like, was running. running a marathon is not something you take lightly yeah and a heartbreak hill with a phone in your hand yeah. thinking about your next shot yeah, not a good idea yeah. so so i don't think i'll do that again oh geez that's hilarious so did you feel like id boston was a chapter in that book yeah i guess okay. it was mm, yeah interesting. yeah I, now that you mention it yeah i think Getting it off the ground and, and getting it to a point where it was kind of mature and yeah, and you could like pass it off. So to speak. yeah, yeah, I feel like it's in good hands now with you guys and you know you guys have made it into your own thing in a, yeah. in a cool way, like this podcast, for yeah. example. You know, you've developed some some new stuff that's very creative. So yeah, I think I've I don't have anything more to contribute, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's yeah. uh, but yeah, Instagram would probably be a chapter too, just because like. 
of how it kind of started for me. I guess the person who got me into it was uh, Greg Dubois. He was uh, another Boston photographer. I was working on a music project and he had uh, offered to do my cover because he used to do illustration. And I wanted like a, an illustration of myself with the Boston skyline. So I was just going to all these different like rooftops and taking shots of the skyline. You know, that's when you could go to any rooftop hmm. before cops turned into Batman <laughs> and just kicking people out of rooftops. But so then I would give him these photos and he was like, oh, you know, you should just put them on Instagram. And then from there, I just started posting stuff. And the interesting thing was that he was like liking them and he was like, you know, I considered him like mm -hmm. one of the best photographers like in the area, I still do. And he was just like giving me positive feedback, like, oh, this is awesome, this is great. And I was like, you like these terrible shots? <laughs> you know, and then just from there, you know, that kind of got me into it. The other part of it was the the Boston Marathon thing, uh, the bombing, whatever, like of everything that was happening. When Sean Collier got shot, I was by MIT when it happened. I was in the same area like when he got shot, so seeing all the helicopters and all the cop cars and everything. Um, I didn't know what was happening at the time. Then the next morning, I'm looking up all this stuff about what happened. Like, this is when that whole thing was going on. This like, was the lockdown. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. When the um, the brother got run over, like all of that stuff, like that night, like, yeah. you know, Cambridge, like the shootout and everything. So I'm like reading all of this. And I'm like, this, all of this happened in the same area I was at, and I didn't even realize it at the time, just because I just wasn't focused on the area like that. The day after, I posted a pic of like the bomb squad, and there was one person who I was following from somewhere in the Middle East, and she was like, oh Mike, like, what does the city like feel like right now? You know, and the funny thing is with this person, I followed her because of the um, Arab Spring thing. The oh. Arab Spring, yeah. So oh. she was, cause she was, she was living in that area when that happens, and she was kind of going to the protest, and, I was following her like, oh, what's going on out there? But she was asking me those questions about the Boston Marathon. Like, I was asking her the questions about the Arab right. Spring thing. So I'm like, so she's looking at Boston the way I'm looking at, like, the yeah. Middle East and stuff. And then that question, like, what does the city feel like? That kind of made me decide, like, okay, you know what? This Instagram thing is, like, a real thing. Like, I can use this to tell stories about what is going on in the city, like, in general. Not just this is just a pretty picture but she's following me because you know she doesn't want to listen to the news from fox news or cnn you know it's not like she wants to listen to sean hannity or anderson cooper or whatever she wants to listen to me because i'm on the ground I'm, right. I'm there in the street and i can tell her the real story that's how i try to look at instagram and and boston in general and the kind of work we do here victoria had mentioned something during one of our team meetings how you're just taking shots of skylines for a while until you do something else. Hmm. You're just doing that just to get some likes until you figure out what you really yeah. want to do. But then it's like you f don't take shots of the culture anymore. It's just more about like stuff that's you're into and yeah. you can kind of lose what Boston is about. I think it's important to kind of understand the story that needs to be told about the area. So. Right. So. And that's one of the great, I mean, one of the really positive things about social media. Yeah. I feel like I've been kind of negative on it, yeah. but, but one of the positive things is that kind of yeah. democratizing, you yeah. know, with lowercase d, of, <laughs> of being able to, everybody can yeah. contribute something, can share information, and you don't have to be a big news organization, yeah, you know, exactly. CNN or whatever, yeah, you can yeah. be just some guy who happens to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, exactly. My favorite photo we posted was the, the photo you posted of, uh, of Callie, the dog. 
that felt like a new story to me like the response we got was I think we had like 200 comments on that picture just people saying oh my god I used to go down there and see the doll all the time and all of that so, right the golden retreat yeah 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 lived on acorns yeah, yeah yeah exactly so it felt more like a neighborhood thing like it mm-hmm. was something that was intimate and only the people who lived in the area like knew about for me I feel like IG Boston really is encapsulated by stuff like that like mm-hmm those kind of pictures and those kind of stories that tell what Boston is about and from people who live here so that way like you know that you're a part of a community of people that live their lives here. I don't know if you have any thoughts regarding any picture you think we've posted before or after your time that you felt encapsulated what IG Boston was about or Boston was about in general. Yeah I, I'm just thinking more of like the initiatives oh, yeah. you know and I think they've come you know during your mm-hmm tenure as the <laughs> creative director you yeah. know I think some of those um, like I said the IG Boston Hoods mm-hmm. things just seeing different perspectives on the yeah. city and those mm-hmm. to me are really contributing to the greater good mm-hmm. to have parts of the city celebrated that don't get yeah. a lot of love normally yeah, yeah. you know I'm, I'm back bay in Beacon Hill which is like yeah. you know they're over photographed yeah. really but it's really great to see people out you know shooting other stuff yeah yeah no hey thank you what advice would you give to someone who wanted to start an Instagram page or something with an appealing presence? Like, what kind of pieces of knowledge would you give to someone like that in order to get them going? I think you really have to decide what your goals are. Yeah. I mean, there are people out there for whom Instagram is their job. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. For whom they derive income, income. from yeah. what they post. You know, if that's your goal, that's obviously yeah. you're going to do something differently. Than <laughs> you're just. I want to share your work with people and get feedback on it. Getting that sorted out, first of all, I think the problem is that everybody who gets into Instagram has this feeling like, oh, I could become famous yeah, or I, I could get yeah, rich. Because, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. you know, you think that's yeah. sort of where... That's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And so you kind of aspire to that. And mm-hmm. even if you don't do it, you know, wholeheartedly, yeah. part of you thinks oh, that's just with the right break, I'll become yeah. an Instagram <laughs> millionaire, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that just kind of wrecks it for you. It makes it hard to really just sort of enjoy taking photos and sharing them. What is your thoughts regarding like the influencer market? Because that's like a billion dollar business now. How do you see that transforming Instagram? Like, do you feel like an influencer and a photographer can be the same person? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely people who do it. They've got the total package, yeah. you know, and they do it well, and it seems tasteful, and yeah. it, it can be done absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It comes with the fact that we're getting this app for free. Yeah. Instagram's got to monetize it somehow. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the rent that we have to pay to yeah. to use this thing is for them to have businesses sort of support the infrastructure that's yeah. necessary to make this thing work. Yeah. Reality. Do you have any particular goals, like with your feed? I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. You know, daily <laughs> doing my little walk to work. Yeah. And I don't see myself becoming a blogger. Or, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's just not in the future for me. I, hopefully, I'll, I'll keep producing photos that people like to yeah. see and that make me happy. And mm. it's like, it seems like every year I think, well, I'm probably this will be the last year I do this. <laughs> but, you know, I, I keep doing it because it's, it's fun. And yeah. like I said, it like, enables me to express this visual side of me that I didn't know I had till five years ago. <laughs> Could you see yourself being like a photographer for like a news organization or a media organization? Do you imagine at least that like kind of growing or? Yeah, maybe. Um, at some point, yeah, I would want to 
shift over and, yeah. and see if I could do that, if I could yeah. cultivate, you know, some offline yeah. <laughs> kind of photography work. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. It, it's a big jump. Again, it's I'm in my little comfortable yeah, yeah. niche right now doing what I do. <laughs> yeah. and, and if somebody said to me, you know, go shoot a wedding, <laughs> yeah. for example. Yeah. I shot a baby shower a, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> okay. and that was stressful. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, but if somebody was like paying me, you know, big bucks to, to do their wedding, yeah. that would... Would you say yes or no? You say no. I, right now, I just send them somewhere else. Yeah. I, I do. I do refer people yeah, okay. to other people, but yeah, it's just not my thing. I, I sometimes I get approached by people who want like to, me to do their engagement shoot. I've really? had a couple of people ask me about that, and and you know it should be something I, I'm capable of doing, but yeah. I just I just don't feel like I want that, that responsibility at this point in my yeah. photographic career. So yeah, that's, I mean, you know, you got you got to know your level. You know, yeah. you got to know what you're comfortable with. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Great questions, Mike. I, yeah. you know, I appreciate your interest. And and again, thanks for, for taking over the reins at IG Boston. It's The feed really looks good. And thank you. it looks like membership is strong. So uh, well Thank done. you. I know. I appreciate it. Thank you. That, that It means a lot, though, truthfully. You set the example. So we're just trying to follow that and keep it to that original vision of just... You know, supporting people who want to be photographers, who are from the area and want to be involved in the community and just giving them the support that we feel that would help them create their best work. I give the credit when it's due. All right, well, thank you. <laughs> Ever onward, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, new chapters, man. <laughs> uh, you're going to come to the gallery event, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, November 10th. Yeah, it's definitely going to be pretty awesome. Big fan of your work. I think a lot of people are too, so I, I appreciate the opportunity to learn a bit more about it. And I hope people listening to the podcast feel the same way. So. All right. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate the interest and the support. Yeah, no problem. I right, thank you, Brian. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. All right. The Direct Message. Episode 2. Thank y'all for listening. It's all love. And do remember, the Gallery Space 18 photo exhibition event. Our fifth year anniversary party. Saturday, November 10th, 2018, from 6.30pm to 10pm at the Boston Design Center at Went Design Center Place. Displaying photos from IG Boston members taken from all over the world. Live music from Chacha Gavallo and the International Players Band. Food and refreshments as well. So y'all know, it's going to be that joint. We trying to see y'all there too. So right now, we're giving away two free tickets to the event. Go to the ticket page on our website or our Instagram bio link and put in the discount code IGPODCAST. That's I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. No caps. We ain't going to play with y'all like that. So make sure you get your tickets any way you can because they're going fast. Once again, Gallery Space 18, November 10th, Boston Design Center. The mods will be there too, so say what's up when you arrive. Shout out to the sponsors, Boston Design Center, Digital Silver Imaging, Dark Room, and Beatbox Studios for helping us get this thing cracking. And before we bounce, sign up for the IG Boston newsletter right on the website. There'll be exclusive details from the IG Boston organization including how to get another two free tickets to the Gallery Space 18 event. And don't forget, y'all, we're still in primetime season mode, so make sure you stay tuned for more updates from the IG Boston organization. And with that said, 
This is Michelangelo for IG Boston. Thank you for listening to the direct message.